sometimes the biggest benefit for a patient is just listening to them. Remember, they have doctors coming in another room, also doing their assessments, asking a few questions, and then they're leaving. The physician is, is really, really focused on the clinical and the physical aspect of the patient. But as a nurse, you should step in and try to try, try to make some of some of more of that uh, emotional healing in, in a Ooh, sense. I gotta go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan, they can't eat. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cup of Nurses show here with your hosts, Peter and Matt, two nurses on a mission to change this world one conversation at a time. If you find a value in this show and want to join us on this mission, please share and review the show. It would mean absolutely everything to us. Cupofnurses.com for info, updates, and our latest merch releases. For our lifestyle podcast, you can check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. In this episode, we would like to discuss 10 tips every nurse should know. Being a nurse is by no means an easy profession, but these tips can help you make it a bit easier to overcome any obstacle that a nurse will face in healthcare. I wish I had an episode like this when I started nursing school or just being a new grad, things I should be looking out for, things I should prioritize as a new beginning nurse to focus on. So we're gonna dive into some great skills, great tips, and anybody that's even experienced nurse is gonna get a good, good tick of information from this. And these are the 10 tips every nurse should know. Number one, as a nurse, you should know to eliminate negative self-talk and remain calm. You shouldn't try to judge yourself. You shouldn't think too negatively or too harshly of yourself because let's face it, we're prone to making mistakes, things happen. And there's so much different results that a situation can, can bring up. So why waste your time and think about the negative ones? Why put yourself down? Anything could happen in, in reality, right? So why not focus on the positives? Why not just give yourself positive talk instead of being so negative about yourself? Exactly. No one likes a complainer. Even if you're a float nurse, travel nurse, you might be floating to a lot of different units. And for the past couple of contracts, we felt bummed down right away when we had to float. But let's change that into a positive. What do I get to learn today? Take it as a good experience. Because if you already bring your negativity into the next unit, they're going to feel that quote unquote vibe and they're already going to be discouraged to talk to you, help you out. So no matter the situation, just remain calm, eliminate bad dialogue and just have a good shift. That's the best thing you can do because you're already there for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Number two, as a nurse, you should know how to prioritize and prioritization goes hand in hand with delegation. Delegation is probably the, the hardest one out of, out of these two, just because as a, like a nursing student, you don't really delegate anything. And even, even as a nurse, you're, you're in a role that requires delegation. You have CNAs, you have respiratory therapists, you have people that, that work with you, and you can say, in a sense, underneath you, right? So there are certain things that you could do that no one else could do, and there's certain things that somebody's going to do better than you. So learning how to de delegate is definitely going to free up a lot of your time, and it's going to help you prioritize what are the most important things you should be doing as a nurse not necessarily as like a CNA or as a RT, even though you're responsible for, for all of those in a sense, you gotta do your priorities. If you don't have time to clean up a patient, you should be delegating that and be more focused on maybe passing medication or titrating drips. 
even as a nurse, you're delegating, you might be wondering, how do I prioritize this delegation or how do I prioritize my shift? So this is where a handy report sheet could come handy. Usually when I'm writing my things nice to wherever I go, I have a, you know, maybe a checklist on the side. I flip the paper on and write some important facts, maybe times when I have to draw labs, things that you shouldn't miss. Um, same thing, I know nurses that use, uh, they like to use the post-it notes. And you could put on your wow or you could put it on the report sheet that you have. Or you could color coordinate your notes. Maybe if it's something red, it has to be done within an hour. Whatever it is, every nurse has their way of doing things. I know, like even in nursing class, never a fan of color coding or highlighting all that fancy stuff. I just love some simple notes. And I still scribble to this day, but it gets me through the shift and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Tip number three, as a nurse, you should know how to ask questions and ask for help. Don't be that nurse that thinks that they know it all because that could be a huge safety risk. Even as a traveler, we're always floating to different units. We're always asking questions no matter how experienced we are as a nurse. Never think that you're good enough not to ask questions. And that may be simple, even asking for a refresher on a specific procedure or specific case that you're going to get or even an order protocol. Don't be afraid to ask. Like Once you get better at as- asking, and getting past that milestone of just being humble, not carrying your ego on as a nurse, it's going to make a better shift because you're not playing that comparison game like I should have known what the potassium level is or what the protocol is for potassium or mag. Ask a question. And then this revolves around not just asking your coworkers, I'd say you're a nurse on the unit. This could be asking questions for a doctor. This could be asking questions to your patient. You could ask the patient, hey, how are you, how are you feeling? I gave you metoprolol. An hour ago, are you feeling lightheaded? How are you feeling? And always always feel free to ask a physician a question too. For example, maybe you have a patient that came in for sepsis and you're, you might be on a newer end and you might be thinking, hey, why is this patient's lactic elevated? So feel free to ask a physician, hey, hey, Dr. Thompson, um, I'm, tr- I'm curious why this patient's lactic is elevated. And he's going to go into to an explanation, hey, patient is, is septic. Um, he's gonna go into mechanism of action on how the disease progresses and how these issues arise that cause you, causes patients to have an elevated lactic. So asking questions, you only do it for your own good. You do it so you can learn. So don't ever, ever be afraid to ask questions. I love that. And also if you're a day shift nurse, I want to understand the knowledge, the physiology, the mechanism of action, whatever the procedure is, the drug, it's the best time to ask physicians when they're rounding and you could develop a more critical thinking capacity for the actual nursing that you're giving and the care that you're delivering. Simple as, you know, I loved when we were working day shift and the ICU doctor comes in, he gives you the plan of care. You don't have to read the plan of care. No, no. He tells you exactly why he's doing things, why we're checking blood gases, what we should be looking out for. And you just feel more immersed into the patient care as a nurse. So yeah, Ask questions because just like Pete said, it's only going to benefit you at the end of the day. You're a lifelong learner, just like you are a student of life. You're forever a lifelong learner in the healthcare system. Things are always changing, evolving as far as protocols, procedures, medication, etc. Number four, as a nurse, you should learn to prioritize yourself. Try to separate work from your personal life. That means... Try to keep your emotions that maybe overcome you at work, keep them at work. Try not to drag that too much to the outside world because we work in a hospital. So there's a lot of emotions in the hospital. You're working with with sick people. 
a lot of times these like people they're they're sad they're frustrated they're, they're angry and and you could feel this off of people and if you have trouble leaving that at work you're always going to you could say feel sad or not good enough at home you might pass that, that on to your partner you're never going to have a good good night rest you're never going to feel worthy because you're just carrying around you could say this uh, this this emotions that these these patients give you so you have to learn to prioritize yourself and also try not to overwork yourself because you're going to get phone calls from management asking you to come in and we do want to come in but remember it's not always a good idea to come in because the pay is going to be better but are you is, it, is that pay worth it for you to sacrifice your your energy sacrifice your emotional well-being sacrifice your your, your physicalness, it takes a lot of work to be a nurse and 12 hour shifts are super long and they're very straining. So always think about yourself before you think about jumping in and picking up a shift. And this self-care also has to do with what's happening in work. So if you're a nurse that's not working in California, you don't have mandatory breaks and 15 minute lunches that you get to take. Sometimes as when you take lunches and breaks in different states and hospitals, you might feel like a burden in a way where your lunch buddy is going to get four patients or five or six in this case to look over after you go take your 15, 30 minute break. But don't feel guilty about that because you're going to feel so much more clear when you get off your 15 minute break or even a power nap or grabbing a snack and recharging with a healthy lunch and snack. So prioritize that 15, 30 minutes you get as a nurse because sometimes in most cases, it's only going to be a one-time break. Utilize it, feel refreshed, prioritize yourself because you gotta, you have to fill your cup first before you fill the cup of your patients because day by day, week by week, month by month, that carries over, you neglect yourself and then the burnout gets you know put into the equation and you feel burnt out. You can't take care of your patients, yourself, and ultimately the friends and relationships that you have outside of work. Number five, as a nurse... You should know how to establish a routine. Whenever you get to your shift, you're going to figure out what works for you. Are you a nurse that likes to come 15 minutes earlier and read about their patients? Do you like getting all the supplies that you need? Do you like coming into work and looking up your patients and preparing for the shift? Figure out what is the routine that you like. Do you like taking a report, then going check your assessment and your patient right away before you go sit down and read over notes and medications and everything else in the Mars. So figure out a system that works for you. I know when I first started, I used to like come in early as a new grad and look up patients because I had six in med surge and do all this fun stuff. And then when I got better and better, I understood the disease process. I'm like, well, I'm not getting paid for those 15 minutes sometimes. Let me just, I understand things. I'm just going to show up to work and do things, you know, or sometimes I like doing before I even get a report. I like writing the name down the allergies maybe the diet when they came in and the admitting diagnosis because then i'm trying to scribble chicken scratch figuring out if she's 76 or 87 male female this case i have that main frame done with the patients i could focus on assessment and the history and why the patient's there mm. as wild as a unit could be or as wild as a shift could be there is still a degree of predictability when you get into work you know all the things that you have to do from a nursing standpoint you have to check labs, you have to assess your patient, you have to pass meds. So those are like your predictable factors that you experience on the unit as, as a nurse. Try to organize those in the best way that that's gonna help you flow the best. Like you mentioned, uh, you had 
in the beginning, you looked up your patients, came early, do all that, doing all that stuff. And it's okay to change it up in the future because as you become more experienced nurse, more seasoned, you might be able to get away with with maybe multitasking and doing multiple things at, at the same time, like passing meds, maybe assessing uh, those kind of things. But like I said, there's always a degree of predictability. You always are going to have responsibilities as a nurse that are always going to be responsible with every shift. Try to plan those out in whichever way favors you because you have to get those done regardless of what unit you are and what, regardless of what day it is, regardless of what happens on the unit. Number six, as a nurse, you should know how to take notes and be organized. So in the, in the hospital, in the unit, we usually do patient notes. And besides patient notes, a lot of times nurses in general take notes on a, on a report sheet. They take notes on what happens throughout the day. They talk, take notes on, on what they plan to do and in what ways they plan to do things. They write down the lab values, for example, lab will call, tell your, tell your lab. Sometimes we take notes on that, just write down, just to remind ourselves on about what, what's going on. And of course, at the end of the shift, we want to write a nice patient note stating that what happened during a shift, quick synopsis. You don't have to get into more detail because sometimes the more detail, the worse it could be. Just a general synopsis of what you did for the patient, how the patient responded, did anything change, was there anything abnormal, how did you go about it, did you contact a physician, what orders were changed, is the patient doing better now? Like Just like a short synopsis of what went down. And add, add on to this, it's good to take notes and be organized because it might be the beginning of your shift. You got a quick report and then you have demands from your coworkers. Maybe you're getting a patient, getting a patient transferred out, getting an ER on top of patient requests. This patient needs water, something happened, you know, clean up in aisle one type mm -hmm. of vibe. And you might get lost or you got a patient from PACU that just had a belly surgery. You want to figure out, you know, left, right drain, how many stitches, sutures, those little details. Hey, I'll be right back while your coworkers or hopefully the transporters getting the patient set up, you're gonna bring your notebook or whatever it is that you write on and you could just quickly get a bedside report, take the most important notes. The, you become better with this where you don't need to write down everything and the rest you're gonna take a look at tomorrow. For example, this is just uh, strictly about the PACU and the OR. When you get patients from you know the surgery, they like to always name out what they pushed, how, how much mm -hmm. as far as doses and PACU recovery. I don't usually care for that because the patient's stable. I know what I have to know are perfect. Blood loss, I could also probably get in the surgical note afterwards. So just write down the most important facts to stay organized if something were to happen. If a doctor is going to call and ask about a specific lab value, they're already talking about K being 5.5, they're gonna do something. You'll be a lot more quicker to pull these details up and it just makes you a more efficient no uh, nurse. I was gonna say noise. But then also you're less overwhelmed because you already know your shit. You're not going to be scrambling and frustrating and having like tip number one, having the negative self-talk because you're staying organized and you're delivering the best care that you can possibly do. Tip number seven, as a nurse, you should know how to take care of yourself. And this is more from a physical standpoint, not burnout and, and shifts, the physical body. Hydration is the number one thing. We get headaches from it. How do you stay hydrated as a nurse? Can you get a bigger flask? Can you document your water? Can you drink some more water at the beginning of your shift when you take breaks? Be mindful maybe where you put your beaker. And nutrition. Nutrition matters what you put into your body. If you're eating bad snacks, it's giving you crashes, especially for those night shift nurses. 
learn how to pack a healthy lunch or, you know, have a healthy snack when it kind of fuels you throughout the day. And also strive to create a balance between your shifts sometimes, you know, for pursuits. Like Peter and I are very active with working out, mixed martial arts, recording podcasts, being on meetings, checking different applications as far as Slack and email to communicate with the team for the podcast you're recording. If you don't create a break between those pursuits and maybe you need to go get a massage, you need to go read a book, you need to go stretch with other things like that, you're going to become, you're not going to be able to fill your own cup. So just be very mindful of how you're spreading your energy throughout the day and, and take care of yourself both inside of the shift and outside of the shift. I just want to add on and stress again the importance of proper hydration. You want to drink a lot of water on the unit. Don't always be drinking sodas, Gatorades. You need some some proper hydration. The best way we do this is simply by just looking at our urine. Same way we look at if our patient's hydrated, we look at ourselves. If your urine's super yellow, maybe you should ditch the Diet Coke today and just stick to water. And also focusing on your nutrition in a sense of not having too much unhealthy snacks. You don't want a lot of things that's going to spike your blood sugar and make you wired for a little bit, and then you're going to crash because that's just, you're just putting your shift into a roller coaster. You're going to be, especially if you're wearing, especially if you're working nights, you're going to be tired the majority of, the, of that night if you're just taking on these snacks like Skittles, Reese's, that just spike your, your glucose because you can be wired for a little bit. But then again, that crash happens. And then when that crash happens, you're not going to be a, a very happy nurse. And add on to that as a night shift nurse, yeah, space out your caffeine the way you're consuming it. If you drink a cup of coffee at 6 a.m., go to sleep at 8, got to wake up for the next shift, that caffeine's half-life didn't completely get excreted through your system and it might be inhibiting the, the deep sleep that you're getting. Or as a night shift nurse, you, you know you have to get up the next day or you're getting up early in the day to get things done. Don't forget to take a nap. Prioritize those little things because it's going to make a difference in the shift that you have. Number eight, as a nurse, you should learn how to listen to your patients. And this is especially important in a sense of just listening to how they're feeling, listening to what they had to say, because sometimes we get really caught up and, and we're just assessing and treating, assessing and treating, and we almost take the human aspect out of our patient interactions. And sometimes the biggest benefit for a patient is just listening to them. Remember, they have doctors coming in another room, also doing their assessments, asking a few questions, and then they're leaving. The physician is, is really, really focused on the clinical and a physical aspect of the patient. But as a nurse, you should step in and try to try, try to make some of some of more of that uh, emotional healing in, in a sense. Ask the, the patient how, how their day went. Are they feeling better than they were yesterday? Um, is there anything going on? How their how's their family doing? Try to maybe get them out of the thought process of them just thinking about their sickness, their illness, their disease, and maybe try and help them focus on something else. Uh, try to attend to other needs besides like their physical and physiological needs. This is going to help you a lot, and it's also going to establish a really good relationship between you and your patients because you're not just there to treat them. You're there to listen, to acknowledge them, to help them get better in, in every way possible. Very good point. That's how you become a full patient advocate. And even like from the worst case scenarios, sometimes your patient gives you clues to the disease that's manifesting or 
you can catch something early on based on listening to the patient's cues. If they just had a surgical procedure and they're having pelvic pain, maybe there's an artery that's nicked, maybe they're hemorrhaging, how are their vital signs? Are they getting anxious for no reason? The patient will give you a lot of details that they know through their intuition there's something going on that might lead you to becoming a better nurse and catching something. Or even from like a mental health standpoint, I don't know if you mentioned that, where you're going to be able to hear them better. What what are their concerns? You know, they might be in the hospital for a belly procedure, but really they're talking about, they're, they're stressing about finances and who's going to take care of their their home and their significant other. And you just want to be there for them. You don't have to necessarily change it or or tell them the the solution to their problem. You could put in a, for example, social or case management counselor for that, but just be there for them and listen. And sometimes that helps you better with your shit because if you relieve their suffering, their anxiety is anxieties in the moment, maybe they're gonna take a nap or they're gonna sleep or they're gonna bother you less because ultimately you improve their well-being. Mm-hmm. Tip number nine: as a nurse, you should know how to ask for feedback. We're not all perfect, no matter how good of a nurse you are, if you're going to improve something, you have to leave room for constructive criticism. Even setting up an IV. What if there's a better technique with a newer device that a different nurse is using or a younger nurse and you could ask for feedback? Anything from Foley insertions to wound care, maybe it's policies and procedures, the way you're handling specific patients or you know simple things, charting. Again, asking for feedback. I know as a staff nurse, there's a lot of performance feedback and performance evaluations where you get that feedback. What if you're a nurse that's working PRM, traveling, doing contracts, and you have less of that feedback or night shift? Ask your coworkers, ask your team. They'll give you always feedback. Hey, did I uh, do that right? How does this look? You don't, don't feel bad about it. It's just constructive criticism. The worst thing that they could say is give you advice to improve what you're currently doing. That's an awesome deal because you're getting better as a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you're perfect. The thing is, you don't have to be perfect and no one expects you to be perfect. The thing is, you just have to do your your job right in a sense. If you're not sure how to change the central line or you feel like you haven't got enough central line education, ask somebody, hey, can you come in the room with me while I change the central line? Because... You might be changing wrong and you might not be ma- maintaining a sterile field and who are you hurting? You're hurting the patient. One of the hardest things to get down besides IV insertion is probably Foley's, especially for females because there's two holes you're working with. You're working with, with the hole of the vagina and then the urethra. The winky box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it can be really tough and, and it's really tough for especially new nurses. So bring a friend. Bring a friend and be like, hey, I'm about to do a Foley. I'm not really that good at them. Do you mind just helping me out or watching me? Because... With Foley, sometimes it's really hard to maintain a sterile field. Sometimes just having another nurse in there, helping you maybe spread the labia or just doing whatever they have to do to maintain a sterile field, it could go a long way. And they might offer you tips. For example, a really good tip that I give you for now, Foley insertion, let's just say you're putting a Foley on a female and you get in the vagina. You can leave that Foley there as, as a point of reference that, hey, you can't put another one in there. So next, next hole you're going to see is the urethra and you got to get it in there. So those are the things that, that you learn with, with some feedback. And when you ask people to come in, there, come in the room with you and help you with the situation going on. It makes me think about I've always learned how to change better linen mm. by watching other nurses. Maybe when I go help them out in my room or they take initiative in my patient's room and they're just setting up the linen or chucks. Whenever I had like a soiled patient, 
I'm not the best at it, mm-hmm. but so when I when you ask like a female nurse, they always like talk to the specific way or CNA, always give me some rad advice on how to improve my patient cleaning abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tip number ten: As a nurse, you should become efficient in charting. Every facility is going to have their own charting specifics, different charting systems, but you should always get down the basics in the beginning of your shift if you can. Your assessment, your your vitals, your eyes and nose, just so you have something to go off of as the as a shift continues. Um, of course, some places want you to do assessments every four hours. Some of them want you to do once a shift, twice a shift. That's going to be up to your company policy. But same way you have like a flow for your routine, you should have a flow for your charting. Set up the the, the charting tabs in a way where it's most efficient for you. If, if you like charting assessment first before you do vitals, do that. If you like doing the vitals first, do that. Just make sure you get it down because charting does take up a lot of time. And if you don't figure out how to smoothly get it done, you're always going to be extending your shifts. A 12-hour shift can easily turn into a 13, 14-hour shift just because now you're backlogged with charting. And then you have to do a patient on top of that. So try to be as efficient as you can. And also try to know what's absolutely required because sometimes nurses overchart and it's not necessarily a, a bad thing but why would you waste time overcharting there's, there's, no, there's no need for that just chart what you have to chart because like i said charting takes up a really really long time so chart what you have to worry about the extras later yeah and last thing i wanted to add to, to add that point is time is valuable your point as a nurse is to provide patient care not sit behind a computer and chart so the more time they can take away from being efficient at charting, the more time you could deliver into high quality care. And these are 10 tips you should know as a nurse. If you have any other good ones, let us know in the comments and we'll see you next time. Peace guys.